Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And we are going to shed some light on a case today that in reading some articles, the parents would like this case of this victim to get a little bit more attention, be looked into more. They would like to see some justice served. I think you'll understand here in a minute. So today I'm going to tell you about the tragic death of Eric Hader. Now this takes place, this took place in 2012 in North Dakota, but there's never been any anyone charged. There's never been any justice in Eric's family's opinion on this case all the way back from 2012, 10 years ago. We've been waiting for something here. So I will tell you a little bit about Eric. He was 30 years old. Actually, he was just a couple of weeks away from his 31st birthday when he was last seen on May 24th, 2012. At the time of his death, Eric was living in Bismarck, North Dakota. He was a loving father of two children, and he was engaged to a lovely woman named Jody. And the two of them were looking forward to starting their life together. Just had their whole, his whole life ahead of him. Sounds wonderful. Now, in an interview, Eric's mother, Mary Ellen uh, Suchan, described Eric as uh, he was actually born prematurely. He was really tiny and frail, and he was born with a heart murmur. So, of course, you know, right when we've got somebody born with a heart condition, like my husband, I just have like this soft spot, and I understood so much of the way she described him and his struggles. But he was actually not expected to survive at first, but he did. As a child, he was deaf in one ear, so he learned how to use sign language. And he actually went through many years of physical therapy for complications that he had endured being a preemie. This little tiny baby ends up growing up into a strong six-foot-tall man who, according to his mother, literally gave the shirt off his back to a stranger who was on his way to a job interview once. I loved that story. Wow. She said that's who he was. She actually did an interview with Dateline. There's a Dateline on this case. And uh, she said, you know, he may have had a weak heart medically, but he had a heart of gold and he cared so deeply for others. So that is... He sounds like a wonderful guy. Yes, absolutely. And that so many people described him that way as just having a heart of, you know, a passion for helping others. Obviously, his heart condition gave him a lot of complications throughout his his life. When he was in his 20s, he suffered multiple strokes, but he survived. Oh. Yep. At 27 years old, he had a pacemaker implanted in his chest to help him, you know, with his heart issues. We know his exact time of death, Amber, because of that pacemaker. Oh, wow. Because it puts out readings. Yeah. So his exact time of death was May 24th, 2012 at 12.19 p.m. Oh, so that's like when it stopped. Yes. Oh. That's 
when his heart stopped beating. His that mom. just makes it so, more, so much more like real. I know. For some reason, when I read that too, I was, I don't know. It was like, oh, like this heavy feeling yeah. came over me of, oh my gosh. That's exactly when he mm-hmm. died. Yep. Now, his mother actually told Dateline, you know, ever since he was a little kid and she was scared of, and, and he wasn't expected to make it. She's worried about losing him his whole life. And that really resonated with me because that's the, that's where I'm at with my husband. I mean, he has a serious heart condition. So you really do think about it frequently, you know, and and be afraid of losing that person. So I can't imagine, I mean, this is her son. Eric was living in Bismarck, North Dakota, but he was working at Cofell Plumbing and Heating which was a company that at the time was working on a sewer main project off from Highway 22 in Dickerson, North Dakota. Now, Memorial Day weekend was quickly approaching. This company had a crew of six people, including Eric, and they would often carpool from Bismarck to the Dickerson site instead of all of them driving all their vehicles there. Mary Ellen, his mother, said that, you know, the last time she saw him, she had dropped Eric off at that pickup point for the crew. So she literally kind of took him to work, essentially, because she was just dropping him off for the carpool. The last thing that he did was gave her a kiss and a hug, said, love you, ma, talk to you later. That was the last time that she saw him. Now, after long, regular work day, Eric and the crew would usually go back uh, in Bismarck by 6.30 p.m. is where they would would go. And Jody, Eric's fiance, would pick him up. That was the routine. On May 24th, however, Eric never returned from the construction site. His fiance would later tell the police that she attempted to call Eric's cell phone, but it went straight to voicemail, which she said was extremely out of the ordinary for him. The Dickerson police were notified by Eric's family and an investigation was launched. Now, according to the police report that was provided to Dateline, the responding officer contacted the job foreman, Jack Bentonhausen, and he had already like here, excuse me, he was at the site. He was the foreman at the site that day. He told police that the crew returned from lunch around 12 p.m., Apparently, they went to a little bit of an early lunch, but they returned from lunch at 12. Eric's fiance, who often talked to him during the day, told the police that she talked to Eric on the phone at 12.04 p.m. and that everything was fine. Everything seemed normal. About 15 minutes later, the crew noticed that they couldn't locate Eric, according to the report that was submitted. A couple of hours later, They call Eric's cell phone. The crew calls Eric's cell phone, but it went straight to voicemail. A couple of hours? Like, this guy returned from lunch with you. Right. Okay. I don't know what that was that came out of me. I'm sorry. It was a demon. Incubus? Is that you? (laughs) Coming out of Amber? Just coming to visit. Mm. Yeah, so they notice, like, they all come back together at noon. Fifteen minutes later, they can't locate him, but they wait two hours to call his cell phone. Odd. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the foreman told the police that Eric was very quiet and didn't really interact with the crew. Okay. He said that Eric had requested, requested vacation for the Memorial Day weekend, but it was denied because they needed hands, all hands on deck. 
So the foreman told the police that they thought that Eric was upset over the denial and maybe walked away. He just left. Yeah, but remember, he, like, they have to carpool to this job site because it's not close to Right, so he didn't, he couldn't just, like, walk off. So you think he just walked home? It's like, oh, I can't get this time off. I'll walk miles and show you. Exactly, yep. So the crew left the site that day with Eric's lunchbox, backpack, and paycheck, which had all been, the paycheck had been distributed to the crew that morning. I'm but already having issues. Still no sign of Eric. So like, many issues. We've got his paycheck, his backpack, and his lunchbox, but not him, and we're not going to be worried. We're going to head out, head out now. Yeah. And they didn't call anybody. They didn't call his what? family. Nothing. Well, who leaves without their paycheck just to go hike a couple miles? Right. Because they're, they're mad. mad that they didn't get the weekend off. He's not leaving his paycheck. Right. This right. makes no sense. So Eric's fiance. Jody later told the police that there was no way Eric just walked away from the job site saying Eric doesn't know how to quit and he had a strong work ethic. And it sounded like he was a great guy and Absolutely. wouldn't just do something like that. And even if he wasn't, he's he was given his paycheck that morning. He's not walking off that site without his paycheck. Sorry. Oh, heck no. Just to like, oh yeah, well he just quit. Okay, but he, that that's all well and good, but he would have went taken his paycheck. Taken my check yeah. with me. yeah. Eric had only been working for the company for a short time, but he was actually had lots of future plans for bettering his family. As I had mentioned, he was a father of two. He had a son and a daughter, and he was taking college classes for engineering at the time. Doesn't sound like the kind of guy that would just walk off. That's exactly. Yep. Like he was motivated. Yes, yes, yes. Now, here's the thing. When he's reported missing by his family on May 24th, the crew says that the last time that they see him is he's in one of the trenches working to seal a pipe and collecting tools. All right. Now he is in a trench. I'm picturing a big construction site, right? He's in a trench and he his job is to seal this pipe while the rest of the crew starts backfilling the holes. Now, do you know what backfilling is? Backfilling is where, you know, when you dig a hole and you're left with all of that dirt, now you've done everything you need to do in the hole, it's time to put the dirt back. You are backfilling that hole. This reminds me of the Lost Boys of Hannibal. It did me too. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Very much so. Now, one co-worker was assigned to backfilling the holes, and he had a call marked on his cell phone at 1214 on that day, on May 24th. And at this time, he was in the loader, moving the dirt. So he's on his cell phone, backfilling these holes. That call lasted five minutes. All right, that was twelve fourteen, and I and the call lasted five minutes. His pacemaker stopped working at twelve nineteen. Oh, that's wow. exactly five minutes. Yeah. All right. Uh huh. They the crew tells police they didn't even realize that Eric was gone until one thirty p.m. Okay, do we? Succubus, succubus, stay down, succubus. Do we know <laughs> who the call was? <laughs> no, I I believe it was it was really I don't know if it was his family member. I'm not sure, but he is. You know, this man that was assigned to backfilling the, the trenches 
is on the phone, and I'm just picturing this. Here he is running, running the backhoe, or the loader. Okay, the so dirt he's mover. talking as he's, he's talking filling. and working. Why do I picture like him eating a sandwich too? Just, I know, like just not all paying kinds attention. of sloppy, yes. right? <laughs> all mayonnaise, sorts of distractions. Yeah. Yes, yeah. mayonnaise yeah. is dripping uh, for, for sure. Extra mayo. But don't you find it strange that he gets this call at twelve fourteen? And it lasts exactly until twelve nineteen, and that is exactly when we know that his pacemaker stopped. I absolutely find that strange. To me, and this is just my opinion, and I'm not throwing out anything but just my your two cents. My two cents of just like, do you have an oh shit, I've got to go moment? Yeah, as you're back filling this hole. Just my just wondering. Just just a theory. Mm-hmm. During an initial search for Eric by the police, his phone was pinged in the area, which led to an extensive ground and air search that lasted for weeks. Now, Mary Ellen, his mom, told Dateline she knew right from the beginning her son did not walk off that job site. I know it too, and he's not even my son. Right. She said he never left. He was there, and she knew it. Um, she said, I remember waking up at night for years wanting to cover him with a blanket, especially oh. in the winter, because I knew that he was cold and that he was out there in the ground. My soul. She knew her son, you know, and absolutely. And yeah. knew that he wasn't one that's just going to walk away from a job site. And so when you say years, it, I am gathering that they didn't find him. And so she's been left with this. We will get to it. Okay. Yep. Oh, this hurts me. It's horrible. Five days after Eric's disappearance, the the police began excavating the construction site based on directions that the crew gave them about where they last saw Eric sealing that pipe. Okay. Now, I'm a, a little concerned that the crew, as they're doing all of this work, and one of their team members, they're a crew, they're a team. Yep. One of the members is is now not accounted for. Yep. And, and all they of just this work keep we're doing. working for the day. I'm they're really just concerned. Continuing to backfill those holes yeah. and carry on with their construction day and leave with his paycheck, backpack, and lunchbox. Right. And nobody thinks anything other than, oh, he must have walked off. That's the most reasonable. Yep. Now, oh my gosh! One of the detectives on the case told an uh, told NBC affiliate KFYR TV that at the time that they were like excavating the 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 site, the construction site, looking for Eric's body, they had been told and led to believe that the portion of the ditch where we'll get to it, but there's a portion of the ditch that Eric is eventually found in. But at the initial search and the initial time that they are excavating, the police were led to believe that that portion had already been filled before Eric's disappearance. Stop. So they're like, nope, he can't be in there. Not in there. Because that was already filled when he was still accounted for. So it didn't get checked originally. Correct. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I can't. And the police are like, we made sure to go farther, you know, than any of the information that they had given us. They excavated that. This isn't a case where the police didn't do their job. Right. The 
they, they did excav- a thorough search. They did. They and they excavated farther out than what they were originally told, but they had been told they had been shown this portion of the site where Eric is eventually found and told, nope, all of that was filled prior to his disappearance. This is suspicious. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they were literally, Amber, digging the police, were digging in the wrong direction, is what I'm telling you. On May 21st, 2015, three years after Eric vanished from the construction site, his body was found buried six and a half feet underground, Oh, my gosh. Less than 10 feet away from where police were originally digging. That is so unbelievable. Can I ask, maybe we're getting to it, but um, what brought up, the? were they still searching or was there work? The family hired a private investigator. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. They actually hired um, an, a private investigations firm, then got in connection with Investigation Discoveries, Inc. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think his mom knew he was there. Absolutely, she did. She knew. She knew her son. She knew he didn't walk off that job site. And she knew he wasn't just walking off and abandoning his two children and his fiance either. Yeah. And so they absolutely were going to invest that money in the private investigator. The private investigator's name was Ron Switzer. They decided to do additional excavation in the area. All right. They actually used cadaver, um, a, a cadaver canine handler on the site as well. And it was the canine cadaver dog that, that convinced them to dig. Oh, wow. Where, I love dogs. Yep. Where they um, were eventually that led to his discovery. That's amazing. I'm so glad that they found him, but this is Me so too. sad. But it's three years later. This family went three years without answers. During the dig, they did discover first a red glove that contained human remains, and then further excavation revealed the rest of Eric's remains, and they then stopped what they were doing and called the police, the Dickerson Police Department. The private investigator had said, like, we this family needed this case to come to a close they needed him back yeah they you know his mom needed to get him out of the ground um i do believe she makes a statement as well that um she had the rest of his remains cremated so that he and he sits with her in her house and is no longer out in the ground in the cold any longer the dickerson police department is then called in and assigned a new lead detective on it, Sergeant Klein uh, Klutzer, I believe. And so he made a statement that said, we were able to positively identify him through medical records, distinguishable tattoos, and personal effects, including his wallet and cell phone found in the clothing that was on his body. Um he was actually sitting the way they described it. He was in a squatting position and bent over, you know, a little bit. I mean, he clearly, the 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 way he was positioned, so he is kind of, if you can picture someone squatting and then kind of bent over, um, it, it is clear that he was positioned in a manner that's consistent with dirt being pushed in on top of it, of him, while... 
it was seated like like while he was seated near the pipe that he had been oh so he sealing. was working mm-hmm. yes oh he my was gosh. working exactly he was working on what he was supposed to be doing yep. and sealing that pipe somebody the guys on the, the cell phone yes. back back filling this hole oh my gosh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just can't but with then this. And also, so Eric's uh, hard hat was positioned underneath um, his face and it appeared to have been knocked off by the dirt, you know, yeah. when, when it came down on top of him. This is, this is when his body was then transported to University of North Dakota, 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 <laughs> a forensics lab uh, for testing. And that is how they got his pacemaker to mark his time of death as 1219. Oh my gosh! Just five minutes after his co-workers had begin begun backfilling the holes to begin with, so it was like immediately that they did that they buried him. Yes, immediately after starting, within five minutes. And I'm just picturing this guy on the cell phone. So it's after his body is found that the the family is like, okay, okay, wait. Now where's an investigation into the wrongful death right. of my child? I mean, if you know someone is specifically. Doing that job, why are you not checking, double checking, and triple checking before? Yes. Okay. OSHA has lots of safety, you know, precautions that should be followed. And this is why. Yeah. This is absolutely why. Absolutely. Oh, and this, it gives me so much anxiety thinking of dying that way. Me too. I agree. This is horrific. But stuff like this, where you should be aware of where your crew is at before you're moving on to the next stage of the yeah, project. Very preventable. No one should be backfilling holes where people are assigned to be sealing no, pipes. No, never, never. That, that should not be going on at right. the same time. The pipes need to be sealed first before that. Oh, this is so sad. Is is filled in. So, but then it's like the, I think they knew that they did it. See, that's where my exactly. And here's. What Eric's family is having a problem yes. with is they're like, listen, our son was buried alive and his death was covered up by the company. That is strongly uh, yeah. how they feel. Well, I mean, they were like, no need to search in this area. Right. No need this, to look here. This was already backfilled before he went, you know, went missing. <laughs> okay. It was backfilled before you noticed he was missing at one thirty. I will, Certainly. I will believe in good faith it was a very negligent accident. Yes. But you knew you did it. Yes. And you didn't do anything. Right, right. And so for the family, they're like, listen, the co-worker's statements to the police indicated that they wanted everybody to believe that Eric had walked away from this site, upset over not getting vacation time. And just storms off. Yep, and just storms off. And then when his body is found, oh, just a workplace accident. Yeah, no. Yeah, so of you know, of course, the a president of the Cofell's Plumbing and Heating goes on and says in 2015, he says he's very sorry. Oh, I'm to sure, hear, sir. Yep, to hear that the body you know recovered was Eric and in, in that work site, and he said that his company and the employees who were working with him the day of his disappearance had cooperated with the police investigations. Now. Dateline attempted to reach out to them, and they would not return Dateline's calls. But, yeah, cooperated in that they answered, they gave their own theory. They gave uh, lies to, I'm sorry, but, like, they didn't answer the questions accurately. No, and also, you know from the start of the day, 
what holes hadn't been filled yet. Okay. So why didn't you give that information to the police? Right. Of, you know what, these are all the holes that we filled today, so I think we should excavate all of them. If you legitimately did not know that you accidentally buried that man. Yeah. Because had you had no, I mean, think about it, Amber. If you legitimately didn't know that an accident had taken place, you would have given the police all of the information. Absolutely. And here's my other thing. If you knew you did it and you didn't even try to dig that back up for sure you didn't even that, try that, yeah that's just it like you at what po- at what point did they realize oh my god we He's think in there. we buried him but they obviously were able to know where they did because right. they, de- they, they deterred the police to dig yeah. in the other opposite direction. so if you knew it, a roundabout where and you didn't even try to like save him in any way right i'm sorry that's where my issue with this comes in yep because, I mean, workplace accidents absolutely do happen. Yeah. You could have without, reported it, called 911, yes. whatever, yes. like right away. Yep. Without people facing criminal charges. And that's where I, like, that's where being a shitty human comes into yeah. this. Like, you did nothing to yep. try to save this man, and you kind of knew where he was. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you lied I about agree. it and covered it up. That's mm-hmm. where I, you lost me there. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. And that's where the family is, is at. They're like, listen... You know, the, one of the detectives told Dateline, a thorough investigation was conducted by the Dickerson Police Department, and, you know, they they gave the state's attorney, Tom Henning, the information, but the state's attorney declined to file criminal charges in the case, stating that his decision not to file charges does not mean that he doesn't believe a crime was com- was not committed, but the nature of the event makes it difficult to develop probable cause for a case, and it makes it unclear of who's responsible. So in other words, he doesn't want to look into figuring out who could we prosecute for this. To me, okay, I mean, all right, I you know, I won't even speak on it. Not my job, but I, I don't know. You've got this. <laughs> I don't know how you couldn't see that. I don't know. There, I mean, I would think the other thing is, is that the family, there's a statute of limitations on wrongful death. It's usually two years, I believe. Yeah. His yeah. body wasn't even found for three. Right. Like, oh, that's this is so horrible. sad. It's so sad that they had to hire a private investigator to get anywhere. To even find their, their yes. loved one. And mm-hmm. three years of eternity go by with no answers. Yep. Yep. I'm sure the people involved in this are sticking to their story that they didn't know. Of course. he. They thought he walked off. Without his paycheck. Which it's unfortunate they're painting that picture of someone that sounded like a really good man. Of course. That stuff pisses me off, oh, too. Oh, me too. Abraham Shakespeare? Yep. Like, oh. Yep. Stop it. Now, there is a Facebook page that's run by his daughter, Bryn. Now, Bryn was only 12 years old when her father went missing. Oh. Okay. Then when he was discovered, she was only 15, but she does have a uh, Justice for Eric Hader Facebook page. Maybe it's Hader, H-A-I-D-E-R. I've heard it a couple of different ways, so just know that um, I'm I'm not trying to purposely be ignorant about it. It's just I've heard it several different ways. But the page is updated often with information about Eric's case and pleas for it to be reopened and reinvestigated again. You know, Mary Ellen is hoping for answers into her son's death and for her own peace of mind. Um, oh, he looked like such a nice guy. Yeah, he really did. How sad. Yep. 
Yep. So today, Mary Ellen keeps her son's ashes in an urn at her home where they're safe and warm above ground and surrounded by love. Oh, I know. And she did say, she said, I couldn't put him back in the ground after the way that we found him. Never again. I don't and blame I so, her. absolutely, I so would probably do, the, would absolutely do yep. the same thing. I mean, it's I too get that. traumatizing to like revisit mm-hmm. that. Yep. Yep. So. How sad. That is so sad. And it, he was so young and a good dad and like yes. just doing his job. Yep. I found an interesting blog. I don't usually incorporate blogs into my research, but this one I did because this particular blogger actually is an excavator. He works on excavating sites for a utility. He's a foreman at a utilities under um, uh, underground utilities sites. Excuse me. And he said, here's some reasons why he does not believe that his death was an accident. Okay. So he actually thinks it was an intentional. He does. He, uh, he does not think that this could have been an accident. He says, first of all, when we start work in the morning or when we return from lunch, we always look in the trench before we backfill. You don't just start backfilling without looking in a trench. Thank you. I mean, that would be like basic step one. Right. And he said, really, why we do this is we don't want a bucket, lunchbox, shovel, shopping cart, debris, a kid, anything to be backfilled. Like, you never know what could be have been blown into your site or walked in. You know, people messing around. Like you said, we thought about uh, the boys. boys. Accountable, yes. Yep. So he's like, you always look. It's, it is ingrained in you. It's habitual. And absolutely, like, you're just, I just can't imagine. Like, you've got to look before you put. Yeah, I would think just your basic human, like, I don't want a tragedy instinct yep. would tell you. You yep. absolutely should look before you fill. How could you not, like, where were you? would you be looking when you're filling? Well, that's how, what he goes into for no, n- number two. He says, second thing, as an operator on a piece of equipment, you can see into the trench if he has a low, uh, like a low loader bucket, he can see over it. He has a high loader bucket, he can see under it. So either way, you can see where you're filling, yeah. which makes sense. Of course, you have to be able to see where you're filling. How right. else would you know what to fill? Like, yep. I'm concerned where you were looking, sir, as you were filling. Yep. Then he goes on to say, Especially when you're filling a trench with a water line, you don't just fill the trench completely full, all in one fell swoop, right? You put in a couple of feet of dirt, then you have labor laborers shovel the dirt under and around the pipe. Now, remember, he was sealing a pipe. Yeah, yep. Then you run a compactor, like tamper to compact the fill. And if you're doing a sloppy job, you might fill the trench, like, say, three feet full, But then you have the laborers shovel the dirt out and then run a compactor tamper over it again. So, like, the laborers are standing by. There's people standing by so that because they have to be running the shovels and the compactor, right? So, it's not just, like, how they're kind of painting this picture of he was, oh, he was sealing the pipe and we just must have accidentally. Yes. Yeah. This guy, this blogger is like, this doesn't make any sense because that's not how you fill a trench. Wow. See, that just changes my perspective. I was right. like, okay, in good faith, maybe it was just this horrible accident, but they knew it. Yeah. You know, they obviously knew it 
because they deterred yes. the police. I'm convinced they knew they did it. But right. now hearing this, I'm like, what? Was it an accident? I- right. And then he goes on to say whether it's a three-man crew, a 10-man crew, or whatever, when someone is not present for even 20 minutes, everybody notices and people start to gripe that somebody is supposed to be doing, that sure. somebody's not doing their job At the very when least. they're not there. So he's like, for them to say that they didn't know he was gone for an hour and a half and then tried to call him two hours after he was missing, they're like, absolutely not, because everyone else on that job site is pissed off that they're a man down. Right. I don't know if you guys realize this is hard freaking laboring work. Oh, yeah, my back hurts thinking about it. The more people you have to help, the faster it gets done. And, you know... So, yes, they would have been like, "Where, where is he? Why isn't he doing yes. his job?" And they then, would have noticed a lot faster that he was gone than an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah, and just the safety and nature of the job, I would mm-hmm. think you would be concerned. Absolutely, like, we better start checking. Yep, yep, because we have a man missing. Yes. Like, that would just be basic common sense to me. And this blogger also, and I, I'll link the blog, the the blag. I'm all kinds of accent today. <laughs> Between um, the contacts, it's like bringing I know, out my this contacts accent. Are sticking to my eyeballs and I can't read my notes. And I, don't, I don't hate it, though. It's... But when he also goes on to say, when a worker rides to work with others, you don't just leave the work site right? without them right? at the end of the day. Seriously. I can't even believe that the police bought this. Right. Well, right. And as a crew... Like, you're not just like, like well, oh, yeah, walked Eric off. walked off, and everyone readily accepts it. Yeah, like, like, oh, okay. Yeah, he was mad about his time off. Mm-mm. No, he's like, nope, nope, nope. People look everywhere. You go and check and see if somebody's getting sick. Like, he's like, no. No one, out of all of this this crew, no one's wondering. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, let's just get, here's an empty seat. It's fine. Even in, like, my profession, it is basic like common sense if I hear a noise coming from one of my co-workers offices I'm gonna go check or message them and make sure they're okay yep I'm like it's just basic common sense of like right or human decency maybe like when you have a job where there could be risks you like make sure that they're accounted for and they're okay right at the very least exactly and that's exactly what he's saying he's like people you don't you don't just do this and just drive away without. Like, oh, I guess he walked, walked home. Yes, yes, exactly. Like people want to know. Okay, wait, what happened to Eric? So, in his opinion, it was an everyone. Yes, and 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 everyone knew what happened, you know, to him, and that's why they were willing to I, drive away from yep, that. I do believe every everybody knew. Yep, for sure. Wow, this is so awful for the family that this just ha- yeah. it happened. They weren't given any answers, and then and and then the police did a good investigation, and they sent their investigation up to the state's attorney, and it's the state's attorney that that um, decided they were not going to prosecute it because they didn't think that they would have probable cause. So I don't know. Part it's, of me is like, it sure as hell was worth a try, right? Anyway, right to know the for the family to know they tried. Yep, because that's where the family is at. It's just left with this tragic. And I don't. I disagree. I don't. I don't. I mean, I shouldn't incriminate anybody. I guess, but like, I mean, I feel like there is probable cause. Right. Right. Like, what could we look deeper into? Was somebody mad at him? Was there? Right. You know, was there motive or? 
Or was at the there very a sandwich? Least, was this? Did like he, he was eat eating. someone's sandwich? Right. Like, was he the guy just so distracted oh, by the phone or the something? Phone the, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. The guy on the phone that was doing the backfilling and right. his and his phone calls stops the same minute that Eric's pacemaker stopped. That is very chilling. Like to me. that's where I'm like, no, I think they were had an oh shit moment and all made the wrong choice. I don't know. But then you read the blogger who's done this before and is like, wait a second. This shouldn't even happen as an accident. I'm so curious about the. I think the call maybe was an oh shit. I know what I did. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. maybe. I don't know. I mean, in the time he probably filled the whole five minutes. And I guess I didn't think about the fact it would take him. uh, uh, This is tragic, but it would have taken him a little bit of time to suffocate. Yeah, that's what I was thinking in the time of the call. Yep. Like, oh, God, what I just buried him. That's where shitty human comes in because you could have tried to save him. Yep, absolutely. I don't know. I don't, I can't grasp like the capacity of filling these holes. So I don't know what that looks like, but I sure as hell would have been trying to dig with something. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Even if it was impossible, you could at least say you tried to save him. Right. Instead of just making that decision of where we cover it up. up. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Isn't that tragic? Just so my heart goes out to his whole family. Yeah, me too. This is so heartbreaking. Um, yes. Like well, the page. We, yes, yes. Support the page if you can. Justice for Eric Hader. And while we transition, would you like a little bit of a brain bath? I need one. I do. I don't know how I stumbled across this, okay? I really don't. It's like I must. I'm have, so glad you did already, though. It's like I must have typed in weird shit. <laughs> I do I'm, that sometimes. I'm not. Yeah. I. I maybe it will pop up on a weird shit. Search. Weird shit of the day. Yes. Give it to me. Twenty seven disgusting confessions about weird shit chicks do. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm going to read you some, if not all, of these. Okay, some of them I'll skip over because they're not so weird. It's just fucking life about being a woman. Okay. Uh-huh. But a lot of these I could relate to, like this one. Do you, women do shower math where you wake up to see how long you have to sleep and if it's even worth showering or going back to bed and putting your hair in a bun for work? Oh, this is my daily life. Yes. yes. Shower math. Of like, how long is it going to take me? Should I wash my hair today? I did this this Should morning. I? Yes. Like what? I could get 15 more minutes of sleep if I just, yeah. Yes. It's it's so true. Yeah. It, it's basically like the, the beauty math. Really. I actually, I had to do it this morning with my dogs that ran off again. Because oh, Lord. I keep Guys. forgetting to block my duck off. And they're assholes. And so they ran off. So as I'm chasing them around finally getting them back in I'm like okay do I have time to wash my hair because then there's the blow dry time and then yes, you know so I was style like time. all right we're showering skipping the hair wash mm-hmm. and we're hoping for the best yep yep mine's in a ponytail today there's a reason my shower, shower math. my shower math went to you can sleep in longer today baby girl <laughs> oh, I also do this one when hairs fall out in the shower I don't want to clog the drain so I put them on the shower wall and do oh a little gosh. swirl so that they're neat and ready to be put in the garbage when I'm done. Yes. I do that too, but yes. I put them, the, like, I usually have a shampoo bottle on the end and I'll just, like, put them on there so I can, like, grab them. Yep. I just right put up. them on the side of the tub. Yeah. But I do put them in, like, a little, a neat little ball so I can just boop, I I grab do, them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I forget, and then I'll go back in, and I'm like, you're disgusting. Yeah. Dispose Throw of this those. away. Yes, yeah. yep. But you can't clog your, grain, your no, drain, all right? No, it, 
it really starts to look like something from the 1980s blob movie. Oh my god, if you use that hair catcher thing, yes. it looks like the ring is like it's awful. the ring girl it's is terrible. coming up. Yes, it's terrifying. Yep. Yes. So I will spare you on some of the period blood ones. Those are just, me- no one needs, to, we all know we men all know don't what want to know. Yeah. yeah. We know what happens. This one was funny. When you think nobody is looking, you readjust your bra, stick your hand in, pull them up one at a time, straighten the band and straps, and then add an extra squeeze to make I, sure everything's in place. I finally feel heard. Oh my yes. gosh, this is my life. It's exactly what this is my you life. do. Okay, now this one, a lot of men might not be aware of, is a real hazard of having a vagina. And I'm going to say it, though. But if you sit in a strange position when farting, the little fart bubble goes up into the cooter. <laughs> And now they know. Now they know. <laughs> now you all know. <laughs> but you, we know that <clears throat> you do not fart. And so you don't have that issue. No one can hear it. <laughs> I never said I don't. I just don't do it so people can hear me. Is that how it comes back out your mouth? <laughs> it goes back up. It goes vagina. straight up your vagina and comes and out, out your, your mouth. mouth. Oh my gosh, we've cracked the, we the code, the system. Yep. This one also, woo. Tried on a shirt that was too small, started to panic and sweat in the dressing room, realizing you're stuck in it that for life. You're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yep. my gosh. Been you there. start thinking, I have to buy the shirt and live in it now, or I'm going I'm to have to here ask forever. people to bring in the jaws of life and yes. get me out. Oh of my it. gosh. I've done this with dresses, as you know. <sighs> it's the worst. We've got obstacles with the girls. Right. Like right. we've got a lot to get over. And there's a few times They're where problematic pulling mm-hmm. that thing back. As soon as you get it on and adjust it and you realize it's too tight, you're like, oh, God, what have I done? What have, Yes. What this have is, I done? Yep. And how long do I have before I suffocate? Yes. How, so, how much time do I yes, have in here? Exactly. <laughs> to to contemplate, contemplate my choices. Yep. Yes. So if I wait too long, someone's going to find me dead mm-hmm. on this dressing room floor. It is the worst feeling It is. Ever. It's awful. I struggle oh. with sports bras with this. It's, uh-huh. Now, this one I've never done, but, I mean, maybe some have. Um, after shaving, you wear silky or sant- satiny, like, PJs, and then roll around in your bed going smooth. Oh, I've, I've never, never tried that. that, but no? I feel like I'm missing a part of life yeah, now. Yeah, now I don't feel like a whole woman yeah. until I've done it. I actually so. need some something silky that I can roll around in. Like, why are people people are buying silk? I guess right? I'm missing out on that. Why am I not rolling around in silk? We also do this one. I know every one of us. Open my mouth really wide while putting mas- mascara on. Oh, yeah. Also, redoing updos 30 times, even though I'm pretty sure they look the same every time. Yes, sister. So many yes. times. Actually, I go to wear a ponytail a lot of times. I'll do it about 20 times. Yep. And then I'm like, uh, screw this because I can't do hair. And I'm saying this to myself in the mirror. I'm like, yeah. you suck at doing hair. Why are you even trying? And then it just ends up down. And I feel like I do, if I end up leaving it up, I ended on a really bad note. Because I'm frustrated. If I'd left it with the first one, it oh, was yeah, the cutest. The first one was fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Um, okay. Kegels. Kegels in meetings at work. Kegels in the movie theater. Kegels at dinner with friends. If you're talking to me and I'm sitting, I'm definitely you're kegeling. kegeling. 
Then number 11 was instantly every girl who reads this does a Kegel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is funny. This one made me die laughing. Every woman has got on all fours in front of a mirror to see what doggy style looks like from the dude's perspective. Not bad. <laughs> now, is that with underwear or without? Doesn't specify. Are we looking into the abyss? I'm guessing into the abyss. We gotta know. Tell me, there's not a sister out there that does not know if they looking good in that position. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is so funny. This is how we roll, all right? Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. Yes, yes. (laughs) Oh gosh. This one I've not done, but I promise you tomorrow I will because it sounds fun. You cup shower water into your boobies and then unleash the water torrent onto your walls and toes. I've never done this. Never done it. But why am I not playing with myself more in the shower? Now, now <laughs> I have two things on my list. Right. I'm getting silk pajamas and I'm and you must filling up a, my a booby waterfall. Yes, absolutely. Why right. not? Two I, two new activities I to think try. That I'm just too engrossed in like task. I'm too task oriented, and I'm not having enough fun I, in life. Yes, Amber, it's those little things that yes. make life worth living, like rolling around in silk pajamas after you shave. And making a booby waterfall. the with water. Yes, yes. And then letting it fall. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this one was, um, <clears throat> I mean, in desperate times, you place your hands in your crotch for warmth. <laughs> okay, yes. I mean, yeah, you're cold. Okay. <laughs> this one. Oh, God. We masturbate to fall asleep quicker. But once you have one orgasm, you're like, oh, wait, I can have another. So begins the vicious cycle. <laughs> You know, I can't say I've ever done com- comfort uh, masturbating. Pleasure? No, not to go to, to sleep. To put me to no, sleep. No, no, no. But I'm not above trying. Maybe the next time I can't fall asleep, which is <laughs> not usually a problem for me. But if I ever Maybe get I'll try there, this. I'll give it a try. Yep. I've also never done this one, but I want to know why. It's kind of like the shower one. Sometimes I look down at my nipples and think they're too soft and big. So I flick them to make them small and pointy. <laughs> I'm learning so many things that I've never done. Oh, this one's real, Amber. Number 25. When trying to poop in public, we try to pretend we're not in the stall and we act dead silent if someone comes in. Mm -hmm. We won't poop until they've left the bathroom. Mm -hmm. If they also come in to poop, there is usually a poop stalemate. And no one wins in a poop stalemate. (laughs) This This is true. So true. It's true. It is a real problem, guys. In other situations in a public washroom, you keep you keep the flusher held down while taking a tremendous dump to avoid the smell and noise. Don't deny you haven't done this. It literally says that I wasn't saying that to you. But <laughs> no, I mean, is, it's actually, yeah, yep. as I'm writing down great ideas right, to right. pass along to friends, of course. Of, of course, of course. And here I'm going to leave every single lady on, a, on dating advice. Maybe not even a single lady, actually. You purposely don't shave your vag when going out to avoid a hookup. Oh, yeah. A little bush block. Just get out a little bush blocker there. I hate to say it, but uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good point. Uh, yes, I've they seen have the no bush standards. blocker before. That's they, true. They have no standards. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. But. Good point. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, so that's it. That's some... 
some f- confessions, disgusting confessions about weird shit that chicks do. I yeah. don't know how I stumbled. Some upon of them it. I can totally relate to, and mm-hmm. some of them like the some the, I want to try. The nipple flicking, <laughs> never done it. <laughs> Me neither. I've actually never thought that much about my nipples. I guess. I, yeah. Maybe I'm yeah. not giving enough thought into them. Maybe they need more attention. I think so. Well, obviously I'm neglecting them in the shower. Yeah. We've we've never Clearly. tried the waterfall either. So update on that. We'll come back later. On how that works for us. So there you go. There's your little your little factoids. Hope everybody enjoyed that. And uh, you know, follow us on social media. Write us your case suggestions or your own brain bath suggestions. That would be great too. Yeah. If you have any maybe embarrassing we love moments, the personal confessions, anything you want, send them our way. Crimecurious at yahoo.com or on our any of our socials. Or join our Patreon. Maybe right. I'll think of an, another one of my own. I think you should. Just whip one right out of the old bag. Will I will. You? I will. I'll look in my <laughs> old bag and see what I've got. Yes. All right, everybody. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye.